Hi, you're listening to Bonus Points, the official podcast of Mr. Astle's Theology Class. Join us as we put out into the deep and explore the world of theology and beyond. Today I'm joined by author and speaker Steve Picorni, and we'll be talking about what your faith life has to do with your dating life. Let's begin. Hello there. Welcome to episode 42 of Bonus Points. Today we have another guest speaker episode. I'm joined by author and speaker Steve Picorni. Before I get to that, remember to subscribe to Bonus Points wherever you listen to podcasts, share this episode, and visit our website, bonuspointspodcast.com. Anyway, I'd like to introduce today's guest. Steve Picorni founded Freedom Coaching in 2011 in response to a personal experience of healing. Like many men, Steve was exposed to pornography at a young age and struggled with pornography compulsion for many years before encountering freedom. Through Freedom Coaching, Steve now offers that same freedom to others. Steve holds a master's degree in theology and a specialization in catechetics from Franciscan University of Steubenville, as well as an MTS from the Pontifical John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family in Washington, D.C. Steve is a certified life coach from the Life Coach Training Institute, author of Redeemed Vision, Setting the Blind Free from the Pornified Culture, and internationally known speaker. He and his family live in San Antonio, Texas. Steve, welcome to the show. Mr. Astle, an honor to be with you and your audience today. So, Steve, we are today talking about the relationship between our faith life uh, as Catholic Christians and our dating life. So, I think for a lot of young people, if they think about that relationship at all, hmm. it's it's a very negative thing, right? They hmm. think that at most faith gives them a list of rules or a set of thou shalt not, you know, lines you can't cross, things you can do, can't do. What would you say is missing there? Is 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 there more that faith can offer? Sure. Let's start with the, let's start from the negative, right? Let's start where where a lot of a lot of young people are at. In many cases, and a lot of the ideas that are given out by, like, why is the church trying to keep me from my happiness? Why is God so opposed to these hormones that weren't there a couple of years ago and now are influencing every single thing and this idea? I want to make this very clear God nor the church are against you, your hormones, your relationships, and especially your happiness, right? There's a reason, there's a design, there's a flourishing. So I say to everyone who's starting to ask these questions, right? Any of these really important relationship questions, and even even questions about life itself, always start with one very important word. Some people think this is just a four-letter word, but it's more than just a four-letter word, and the word is love, okay? Now, the idea that, uh, um, Mr. Astle, what most people, um, a lot of young people uh, consider it as, and I hope I'm not going to be too inflammatory to uh, to those who are hearing this, um, they think of it like a 15-year-old bipolar girl, right? I loved him on Wednesday, but now it's Friday, and I wish he would just die, okay? So what that basically comes down to is this idea that love is merely a feeling. Right? If I have all these happy-go-lucky feelings, then we must be in love. But And we'll go along that way until those feelings disappear or they change. And then we'll just cut our losses. And we see this especially in, in where uh, it's, it's a tragedy that, that many of our young people, especially, have been influenced 
profoundly. They, they're, they're witnesses, shall we say, or they're teachers in this school of love are not very good teachers because we live in a divorce climate, right? Every single one of us knows someone that's been divorced, whether we've been in that family, whether it's been our next door neighbors or somebody in our neighborhood, maybe heck, somebody, one of the teachers is getting, is breaking up, things like that. And we come to believe this is what love is. And it's based on basically mere preference. And I think if we, if we take that perspective, it's going to be a very difficult way in which for us to to attain what I call the deepest desires of our heart. So a, a basic, uh, a basic uh, notion here, the answer is no. God is not against your deepest desires. He wants you to attain what is genuine and real love. But you're only going to attain that if we actually go to the source of what that real love is. I think I like that, that we're, God wants us to attain the deepest desires of our heart. I think in a lot of cases, especially with young people, they're growing up in this culture where maybe that seems too idealistic or too naive. You know, I've seen, granted, I, I haven't been in education for an, an absurdly long time, but even just in the years that I have been teaching, it seems like young people are more cynical, right? It mm. seems like more and more by the time they get to even middle school or high school, they have this idea that, you know, there is no such thing as love, right? Love is just kind of this fleeting experience. Um, there, There's nothing deeper going on. And if you have these deeper desires, if you, you know, because I think at the end of the day, everybody wants that lasting happiness, that lasting love. I, I think a lot of young people don't believe that that's a possibility. I think that they see the culture, they see how often it falls apart, and they think that that's inevitable. So what would you say to, to a young person who, maybe that's their perception of marriage is, it works until it doesn't, and it's not a matter of if, it's when. Sure. So a g- great question. And my, my heart goes out to, to anyone hearing this, thinking maybe love is just, uh, the, the idea of love is just a utopia. It's an impossible dream. And this is where I want to encourage everyone who's hearing this, that we've got to believe. We've got to come back to the source of what actual real love is. So let, let's get into a little bit of content. And, and, and Mr. Astle, as, as I, I, as if we're going to be able to talk about a subject, like any good philosopher, we must define our terms. And this is a very dangerous thing to do, especially in our day and age, which does not want to define terms. Because what happens is then it starts to limit our options or the, the apparent limiting of options here, right? If I say that love is this and that love is not this, then that means maybe something that I believe or something I'm doing that's not love, uh-oh, then you're going to say I'm a bad person. And, that's, and there's no condemnation here. That's the truth here. In Jesus Christ, in the mercy of his church, there is always forgiveness. There's always goodness here, right? And, and, and it come back to that, that, that working principle. God is not against us, but he's for us. He wants to help you attain the deepest desire of your heart. So what the heck is love? And if we had time, I would sing for you. I'll hold off your ears and also the recording <laughs> devices. So we like to bring this down to if, if love is a four, four letter word, but it's a good, it's, it's not just a good or a, a good word, but it's what is the best word. There's actually an acronym behind that. And the acronym, the drastle, 
because you asked so kindly, is that it's free. It's it's um F T F F for. Okay, so what is love? Foot. Okay, no, no, it's not. <laughs> okay, so when when you see mom or dad, tell them I see you. Okay, very important. <laughs> Yeah, and and listeners, if you do try that, tell us how it goes. <laughs> exactly. Now, now you remember, you gotta you gotta tell mom or dad this very quickly, or you're probably gonna get grounded. And I don't want anybody to get grounded for not legitimate reasons. Okay. So, what's behind this this thing, right? What it is, it's that it's a fourfold acronym. The acronym is love is free, total, faithful, fruitful. Free, total, faithful, fruitful. Why? Free. You can't put a gun to a girl's head, guys. It's not going to work for a marriage proposal. She's not going to like it. Do not throw her in your trunk. That is not going to be a good date. Okay? Ain't going to happen. Okay? It must be freely offered with the risk of it not being received. And then to 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 get into a little bit of where we're going to go, I, I, I believe, in our, our discussion today, is I think a lot of young people are afraid to offer themselves out there. I think this is especially why with social media, we, we have to have the perfect Instagram photo or TikTok or, or whatever, whatever uh, social media we're using, right? And, and instead, right, we have to freely offer ourselves with the idea that this might be, this might be refused. It might be, might, they might say no, right? But just because somebody might say no doesn't mean that you are less worthy of love just might mean this is not what's meant to be. The other person got their own stuff they're working with. And, and God allows this freedom because he wants us to choose to freely choose him, right? Because if love, if something's not free, if love is not free, it's not love at all. It's, it must be freely given and freely received. Then you get to the second one, total, right? You can't say to a girl, guys, I love you totally, except your nose, you gotta get a nose job. Okay, good luck. Okay, it's not going to work well. No, we got to love everything about her body and soul and vice versa, right? I can't, the girl can't say to the guy, like, I, I love him, uh, I, I love him, but but he doesn't have the right hairstyle going on. No, that's ridiculous, right? You got to love everything about them totally, faithfully, right? Um, you, she can't say to him, right, I love you forever, boy, until your money runs out and toodles, right? No, we want love that lasts forever. And this is, um, so St. John Paul the Great, he's two popes before John, uh, Pope Francis. He said this, he said that um, the man who wants to love, this goes for women also, must commit to loving for forever, or they cannot love at all for even one day. And why is that? It's because every day on this side of eternity is made up of, uh, it, it makes up what happens forever. In, in heaven, there is no time. Why? It's called infinity, right? So we've got to get working on this now that I'm committed. I'm in this relationship forever. And, and then fourth is fruitful, right? When you meet that special guy, that special girl, you're texting till your thumbs fall off. You're not, right? Your, your mom takes away your phone probably, right? Mom, right? Um, you want to get to know more than just their name. Their, you want to get to know their hopes, their dreams, the, the struggles, the things that make the thing that makes humanity so great is our imperfection. Because guess what? If somebody is really totally perfect outside of Jesus and Mary, it would be hard for us to accept that because we find imperfection ourselves. And it's about walking in the woundedness of each other in genuine love, right? So love's got to be free, total, faithful, fruitful for it to be there, or otherwise it's a counterfeit. And this, Mr. Astle. I would say why so many young people get themselves in, into into trouble is a they don't know 
what love is, and even fewer know how to actually pursue a love that is free, total, faithful, and fruitful. I like that you use the word pursue there because there is, hmm. you know, there's this sense of of a quest, right? Of like you said, putting yeah. yourself out there, risking rejection. I think that's um, that's something that man, do young people have a hard time with. And I, I say young people, really, all of us to some degree. There's that fear of fear of missing out, fear of being misunderstood. And what I see is very often uh, the young people that I work with are very hesitant to put labels on things when it comes to relationships. You know, back when when I was in high school and when, when I was uh in that dating world, there was always that very clear, like, will you be my girlfriend? And it was very defined. And then there was the the definitive breakup and it's the Facebook relationship status changes. And, you know, it was, it was very clear unless it was complicated, but we were, we were much more comfortable saying like, yes, you are my girlfriend. Yes, you are my boyfriend. Yes, this is what comes with that. But now we have this phenomenon of talking, Right. Uh, what are you? Well, we're talking. Does that mean you're dating? Well, we we hang out. Do you go on dates? Well, depend depends what a date is, you know. And, and there's just this more ambiguous sense of, of of what it means to be in a romantic relationship. And I think a big part of that is if I ask her out, she might say no. If I just ask her to hang out and she says no, well, then it's no big deal. You know, it was our plans didn't work. But if I'm asking her to go on a date with me and she says no, that's very different. That's much more difficult. And it's the same thing with ending that relationship. You know, the breakup conversation is difficult, so I'm going to ghost them. I'm going to just fade away and stop talking to them. And, and yeah, I think you're right. There's There's that fear there. So what does, how does the faith help us to address that fear? Because, you know, Jesus says where, where there's perfect love, it casts out fear, right? He says that through the apostle John. So how can we, how can we take that idea and apply it here? And somehow I don't think your answer is going to be, well, if you just say this prayer, you'll never be rejected. So how do we, you know, how do we address the situations where there's going to be fear? Okay, so a lot of, this is beautiful, Mr. Asshole. Great question, lots to unpack here, right? God, God's plan is for love and life. He wants you to participate in love and life. He has created you either male or female. Contrary to any of the nonsense going on there, we are male or female. And in the body of a male or female, there is a language to our bodies, okay? If you want to understand reality correctly, understand through the lens of gift, in order for gift to exist, you need to have three elements. You need to have the gift itself, one who initiates the gift, and one who receives the gift. Critically, critically important. And so if you look at a man's body, a male body, gentlemen, you're, you're developing teenage male awkward bodies, right? Okay. What it speaks is language of, the inherent language at root is initiation, to initiate the gift, the initiator, right? Okay, look up Arnold Schwarzenegger, perhaps, okay? Um, the former government, the governor of, of California. Um, ask Mr. And Mr. Astle about Hill, Hill for me. <laughs> um, so within this, it's, there's a desire in every man to build something and blow it up, 
right? We want to play hard on the football field. We want to kill the other team and then go hang out with them with Gatorade after the game, okay? It's right there. So if, if the language of our bodies is to initiate the gift, okay, then, then that inherently implies that a woman's body, a female's body, her language of her body inherently is to receive. And this is not a weakness, but it's a gift. It's a strength. Actually, John Paul calls this the genius of women, okay? Most guys, we're oblivious. We're clueless. And, and women have the sixth sense, like, something's wrong with Timmy. Can't you perceive it? And guys are like, right? We're the Neanderthals of the human race. Sometimes, don't give up on, on us, ladies. Some guys are going to get it eventually. I promise. Some guys. That's why you test them. But within this whole thing, right, I'm just taking a simple example, right? I go to the store. I buy ingredients. I bring them home to my wife and she then creates synergy. She receives the gift of the ingredients and then creates synergy and something really beautiful happens from that, right? And and then two hours later, I'm on the couch fat and happy because I just got a, had a major beautiful meal. And by the way, total side note, in my house, I make most of the meals. So that's a, that's a side <laughs> note, right? It's not just a woman's thing. It's everybody thing. We got everybody pitch in and eat. But within this here, there is a natural natural initiation and receptivity. It doesn't mean that women could never uh, initiate anything. But ask yourself the question, right? Could, as a couple of questions, right? I'll just ask you, Mr. Astle, since you're here, right? Could a woman ask a guy out on a date? She could. She could, right? Could a woman ask a guy to, um, to dance? She could. She could. Could a woman ask a guy to marry her? She could. She could, but does she want to? No, and that's that's where I think we're going with that is I, I, we talk about, and I think, you know, some people have a problem with this because mm-hmm. we've flattened so many things, right? And we've we no longer have the ability to distinguish between difference in function or difference in uh, like a complementarity and Mm -hmm. difference in value. And so as soon as you talk about a difference between men and women, people are going to assume, oh, so you're saying one is better than the other. And that's not at all what we're saying, right? There is that sense of, you know, it is, and like John Paul says, it is written into our very bodies that men initiate and women receive. Mm -hmm. And you need both, right? That's that's that complementarity. You need Absolutely. both of those. And so as as we're getting into talking about marriage here, like that is, you know, St. Paul calls it um in I think it's his letter to the Ephesians, he calls marriage a great mystery, right? But he even uses that word uh that in the Latin Vulga is sacramentum, right? A great sacrament. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 be- beautifully said and, and going going deeper in here. And, and why we bring up this whole, and I, I love that fact, like that's that's where some of the confusion comes in. That's why if, if, if we don't get these principles right, our, our love life, our, our love life in, in general here, and I'm not just talking about romantic relationships, but love in learning how love becomes a very confusing and frustrating situation. So the basic principle there is men do initiation, women receive here. If we can get this order better, things do work better. Now, it, and again, we are of equal dignity, but equal does not mean sameness, okay? So there are going to be times in which men, we must receive from the genius of women. Women have a lot to offer into the world, okay? But 
so come back to this principle here and, and kind of, we're kind of working, working our way on this, this, this question and going deeper is if men are called to initiate what is needed most, the virtue that's needed most, and virtue means a habit that has been inculcated, a habit that's become a part of who I am, right? It's courage. Gentlemen, there is no other way out around this. Be courageous. And ask, if you have a desire, we're going to, we'll, 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 uh, we'll bring out the nuances of this. But if you have a desire to want to ask, uh, ask a girl out on a date, then guess what? Ask her, say yes to that possibility that she might say no. <gasps> is it going to be a, a, an act of terror? Yeah, it is, right? Anything that is worth it in this life, that's objectively good, if there is fear, if you feel fear, but it's objectively, objectively good, do it anyway. Okay, but she's so beautiful. Of course she is. Don't get over it, but realize that, and realize that I have to put myself out there. But then on the flip side, ladies, this is where you have real power. You have the ability to receive this proposal, a proposal of a date from him, to crush him, or to gently, and I mean gently, inform him that maybe the gift that he's offering is for someone else. Now, remember, gentlemen, if she says no, it might mean really, please go away. I really don't want to talk to you. But it also could mean try harder, stupid. Okay. Now, the distinction between those, right, this comes with, uh, with time. This comes with knowing more about who you are and what you are, uh, what you're called to in this, right? So I would say, Mr. Astle, further uh, developing this concept here, a lot of people who don't want to um, don't want to put labels on the relationship, don't want to de de define the relationship, DTR, are are because I think there's fear involved, and I think there's this is a call, especially this is where our faith comes in, that if God is calling us into something and we call on His power, Lord Jesus, would you help me to learn how to love today? I have this desire, which I believe you put in me, which is a good desire, to go talk to Becky, for instance. If Becky's on this. Someone wants to talk to you. Okay. Um, in this here, then then go ask that question. And it may then mean there's a deeper conversation that has to be here. And when it comes to the appropriate time, as as a as as a, a, guy, a man and a woman, a young young man and young woman are getting to know each other, it may come a time where. You know, we need to define this relationship. We got to say, okay, I think we're called to really go into a formal dating relationship. Um, maybe we need to say yes to that. And this is this is the beauty and wonder and fear, shall we say, or, or risking of what love is. But because love is what we're made for, and it's only love that will satisfy, say yes to the promise of this because it's real. Well said, Amen. <laughs> and um, yeah, we we make this com this connection between marriage and the cross right that mm. you know christ loves the church uh from the cross and that's the way that a husband loves his wife and there there has to be that element of definitiveness there of courage of yeah this you know jesus going to the cross there's no room for ambiguity there's no mm -hmm. there's no room for maybe maybe not it's a very concrete i'm going to take up the cross and I'm going to follow this through to its end. Um, so kind of going with that, maybe moving into more, let's say, practical advice for high schoolers, not married yet, yep. 
I like the comparison between dating and discerning, right? Because that's mm-hmm. uh, that's ultimately what marriage is, is it's or um, what dating is. It's discerning marriage the way that going to seminary is like discerning the priesthood. So would, do you think that that's a fair comparison? Would you would you put any nuance on that or any clarification there? If we're going to say that dating is to marriage what the seminary is to the priesthood. Yeah, and, and okay, great great question, right? And and I think um and I can speak on on the la- I can speak probably at length and I'm not going to, but I was in seminary for 4 years. I asked the question, right? And the term of what that was and discerned out of it and, and realized, I believe God's calling me to marriage. And my, uh, this little piece of metal, you can't see it, but the little piece of metal on my finger and the 13 years uh, plus that we had, plus two children on earth and one in heaven has shown that I'm called to the sacrament of marriage, right? And we're living that. Not perfectly, but we're working on it, right? So the term discernment here, Mr. Astle, is from the Latin, um, is, is to see what is and what is not. We want to see what is and what is not. So in the, and, and this is where dating comes in. This is where, um, where a, a conversation about courtship comes in. It's to see who this person is, to see who I am, and to see who we are in relation to each other. Okay? And then within this relationship here, what we find is um, even the terms, like, and let's define some further terms here. Okay? The way dating is understood here. Okay. Dating is seen as I'm looking for somebody to fulfill my feelings. Okay. If you're going into a relationship, trying to seek a relationship out so that this person fulfills your feelings, you're pursuing in the wrong way. It's like the same, the same notion of, you know, how far is too far when you get into regarding romantic situations. If we're asking that question, we're asking the wrong question. We have to ask the better question is what does it mean to love? So, so discernment here is first and foremost, if you're gonna, there, it's not wrong to go on dates with people necessarily. And I would even say to my young brothers and sisters who are in high school, if you don't date in high school, if you don't date in college, it doesn't make you a loser. What this time especially is about is about helping to develop yourself as a human being. What are your gifts? Gifts? What are your charisms? Because this is the mistake that a lot of people make getting into marriage. They make this mistake of thinking. I'm getting into this permanent relationship, or maybe it'll be permanent, right? Maybe in the back of my head, maybe there's an out. Um, and this person is going to make me happy. But in truth, what it, the question should be, what am I bringing into this relationship? And if you look at all the things, just ask Mr. Astle, all the different things, paying the bills, of changing diapers, of fixing a clogged up toilet, all these things are the base. These are not quote unquote sexy things at all, right? But they're really necessary things of life. So the question is, right now, as my dear high school brothers and sisters, what skills are you developing? What virtues are you bringing in? Practically, philosophically, all these things, they're needed, right? If the first point about love that St. Paul talks about is that love is patient, how are you doing with your siblings? How are you doing with people who might get in your way in the hall? Or maybe you have your driver's license and they might drive a little too slow for your taste, right? How are you doing that? Because I promise you, and you might even know this, with somebody you might have a romantic interest with and you get into a serious relationship there, they're they're going to let you down. They're going to fail you. They're going to do things differently. Why? Because one's a man, one's a woman. They're just different and different isn't bad here. So what are those skills that I need to, to, to do here? And this is part of a long process of of discernment. And one, one further thing I would add here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pause, 
is it's asking this deeper question here, right? And, and it's a process because what happens with a lot of, of relationships, right? Somebody shows interest in me, right? The happy-go-lucky feelings are there. Oh my gosh, all those feelings. Have all the feelings you want, but it has to be directed towards genuine love. And, and that's, a, that's a, a difficult search as you're working with your, uh, your, your, uh, this other person here. And so in here, it's a slow, slow unveiling of the person of who I am. So they can see who I am and I need to slowly, slowly get to know who this person is, which means, and I'll, I'm going to say this word and then we're going to just uh, throw it out there. It's called friendship. It's not about pr primarily developing romantic feelings and, and developing romantic gestures. It's about genuine friendship. So would you say uh, if, if there's a, let's say you're, you're one of my students, you're listening to this, and there's that, that girl, that guy that they're, you're interested in, right? Mm -hmm. would, you, would you tell them you should try to be friends with them first? Like, would, would, do you think that's a good approach? Is, and I'm not saying be friends with them so that you can date them. Friendship is obviously such a great treasure. It's not just a stepping stone. Um, you know, being friend zone, that's, you know, friendship is so much more than that. But do you think that that is a valuable part of that process of developing that friendship if you maybe do have that interest in developing something more? Absolutely. I mean, if you, you look at this, what is the if the goal? And I hate to break this 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 idea to you. Anyway, who's hearing this and even Mr. Astle, I don't think you're here at this point. But if you think that dating is about getting my feelings and just we're going to be together for these feelings for these this specific amount of time and then we'll call it quits then you're missing the point here. Dating and courtship, okay? Which courtship is, a, is much more committed. I'm committed to this person to see, are we called to marriage? The foundation of marriage must be genuine friendship. And genuine friendship, just like girls and girls with their, their female relationships and, and guys and guys and their male, male relationships, right? Genuine friendship must be there. So in, and, and what's a friend? Let's define our terms, right? A friend is another self. Am I willing what is best for this person? Am I, or am I doing this because of mere feeling? Which means a principle which you can, uh, that can be very practical here, before you get into a situation with a member of the opposite sex, check your heart at the door. Don't leave it there. Check it. What's going on in my heart? Am I involved with this person? Do I want to speak to this person? Is this, this, uh, this gesture? towards them. Is this an act of genuine, free, total, faithful, fruitful love? Or is it from a place of selfishness, a place of insecurity, a place of fear, or, or just, I want to feel something good because I'm bored? Because if you're going with option B there, this is how you, that other person gets hurt and how the relationship ultimately will be destroyed. But, but if we start asking these questions, what's going on here and develop ourselves and develop genuine friendship, this is a foundation here in which we need to go here and very practically, right? If you're not ready for marriage right now, should we say financially and, and all these different things, you know, working on these different things that are needed for marriage, unplugging a toilet, for instance, start there, okay? Then right now in, in, in high school, it may be a time just to develop genuine friendship and it's not a deprivation. God God's timing is flawless. He's going to use that here to help you to become who you are so that if you're called to marriage, 
I'm going to bring to the table a wealth of gifts. This person brings a wealth of gifts here. And guess what? We create synergy and we create, we're more than the sum of the parts here. And this is how you create a beautiful um, relationship, a lifelong marriage that, that can change the world. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So th- I, th- I thought of this towards um, the end there. I just want to hear your opinion. Mm-hmm. What do you think about people who, who say you should be praying for your future spouse? Mm-hmm. I hear, well, you know, I don't know how, how often the kids are talking about this, but um, especially when I got into college and started spending time with people who were maybe more more deeply Catholic or who had sort of the Catholic lifestyle, they talked a lot about, you know, praying for your future spouse. So what is that something that you would encourage high schoolers to be doing? Sure. So if we're working on this principle, okay, and so first and foremost, if you do not, if you have not come to, like you're, you're, you're Mr. Astle's theology class, he is completely rocking it with all these terminologies. You're learning so much about theology and it's amazing. And I can't wait to get in that class, but you don't have a working, living relationship with Jesus Christ which is a day in, day out, gentle walking with him, sharing of the heart. That's what prayer is. Prayer is a sharing of the heart, sharing of the mind, how you would talk to one of your best friends. Then you're missing out on the very meaning of life, okay? So we, are, we wanna bring everything in here, including these deepest desires of our heart, these issues of sexuality and love. We wanna bring them in here because remember, he's the designer of this. He's the one who created has this great plan for love and life here right and even if it hasn't gone the exact way that we think that we're called to or or the way that we hoped for remember god can always write straight with crooked lines and by the way if we think we have the line straight we're doing everything the right way maybe he's going to gently mess things up in his way to show you where you need to go here so yes we need to pray here right and and again if you've got an inkling you got an idea in your head, in your heart, that maybe, just maybe down the line, I'm called to marriage. I'm called to this relationship. And by the way, um, if those feelings aren't there right now, that's okay. It may change over time, right? But in this, certainly start praying for your spouse. Actually, true story, Mr. Astle, what, what we do, what I pray, pray very, very frequently, my family and I, we get together, we pray, uh, we pray a rosary pretty much every night. And one of the things I will pray is I pray for my two girls, I pray for their future vocations, especially if they're called to marriage. I pray for their husbands. I pray for those their their moms and dads to raise their sons righteously, to raise them in virtue. So they're going to be doing that, right? Those prayers are going to be efficacious. And so for you, obviously, you're in a different situation. Um, so your your romantic desires, those longings, those yearnings, those are good, right? Devote them here in prayer. Open them up. Open them up to to God who wants to guide that whole thing. And so in this whole thing, I want to start asking the question, right, God, am I called to date this person? And also, if this person isn't it, who is my future husband, my future wife? Who am I called to love here? Because if God is a good providential father, who he is, he's going to guide guide you rightly here. It might mean saying no to dating right now. It might mean during during high school. It might mean during college. It doesn't mean you've been forsaken and abandoned. It means there's things we've got to develop. And also, this is the most important thing we want to ask here, right? Like as a young person with his desires for love and God, where the heck is she? I remember asking that for years and years and the, the ache and oh, it hurts, right? 
my wife, six months before we got together romantically, okay, I'm dealing with a lot of my own brokenness. She's literally dealing with a stalker, court and all that stuff, okay? We get together during that time, we kill each other. Metaphorically, I don't think literally, I don't think, right? And emotionally, so it took that time of discernment, of, of actually what we were doing there during that time, Mr. Astle, we were building a friendship. And then as that time would come, right, we, it, things got cleared up on my end, things got cleared up on her end, her end, and then it just became, okay, I think this is what we're called to. And it, it's actually pretty simple. When we start getting a bunch of doors slammed in our face, metaphorically speaking, right, it might be a sign, maybe this isn't the right, the right thing, but if, it, if it's truly objectively good, and this is where we want to bring other advisors into this. Talk to your parents. Talk, talk to Mr. Astle. Talk to other good advisors in your life that can help to guide that conversation, right? Because I know he might be a little, little older than you. I got a little gray on my chin. We've got a little wisdom here, right? And and um, to quote C.S. Lewis, he's a great Christian writer. If you don't know who he is, Mr. Astle, you've been failing at your job. You need to go teach them. And what you have is... He said this, from the time I was 15 to the time I was 21, I was amazed at how much my father had learned. Okay, wasn't the dad had changed so much that he finally wised up the fact that maybe he doesn't know everything. He's been a sophomore, a wise fool for a long time. And finally seeking out the wisdom there, started to put some pieces together. I love that, um, you know, what you said about how if you had, if you had gotten together during that particular time, you would have killed each other. That reminds me of when my wife and I first started dating. You know, we we met in college, we were friends, then we started dating. And I remember the one day saying something like, you know, I wish we had known each other longer. I wish we had gone to the same high school and and had that history and all those experiences. And she just laughed at me and said, do you really think we would have been friends in high school? (laughs) She said, you know, I, I was different then, you were different then, we were not in the same circles. This would never have happened. But it's, you know, it was with, without my knowing it, God was preparing us. He was leading us there. So what would you say to a high schooler who maybe they're listening to this and and maybe they're realizing that the way that they've approached dating in the past has been not great? You know, there, there's been a level of dysfunction there. There's been some of these ideas about what a relationship is and what it's for. And now they're, they want to, turn things around, they want to have a more positive approach, but they're going to be dealing with some of that hurt. You know, maybe they've made mistakes in the past. What would you say to them as somebody who, you know, they they don't have a clean record, but they want they want this to be their life. They're they're liking what they're hearing and they really want moving forward to be to have that more intentional approach to dating. Great question. So this is one of the beauties of Catholicism, one of the geniuses of Catholicism. All, if all we have to do, if we've, if we found that we haven't been living the life that we know, if we're honest, if we feel guilt, shame, self-hatred, if these pains are here, if we experience, experience wounds, there's a phrase that goes, the shadow proves the sunshine. It's a, it's a sign that something's not right. Something's broken here. And this is the beauty and genius of Catholicism, where God always allows you turns and he's calling you back to him. And all we got to do, which is one simple practical suggestion on this, is go into a little box, be honest, and you will hear one of the most beautiful phrases you could ever imagine. 
I absolve you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Not peace like the world gives, not a ceasefire, but this deep abiding peace that even in the midst of the hurricanes, there can be healing here. Seek his mercy. Go to him while it can be found. Okay, so there's, this is one, one aspect here. No one is irredeemable. Nothing is wasted. All the brokenness you've experienced, and then I think of my life, and Mr. Astor could probably sh- share stories of himself. All these things have brought you to where you are now. And all of these things are redeemable. He wants to heal it. That would be the first thing I would say. Okay. Second here is start studying what the Catholic Church actually teaches. Okay, this is the problem here. There's a lot of hearsay about, I heard this about the Catholic Church. That doesn't align with my worldview and this hearsay, and I'm going to reject it all. No, actually hear what Mr. Asshole is actually Asshole is saying within class, right? Learn these things. Pick up, there's something called the Catechism, the Catholic Church. And if you can take that with another book that's probably caked with about two inches worth of dust somewhere in your room, it's called the Sacred Scriptures or the Bible. If you take those two things together, the Sacred Scriptures is God's love letter to you. He wants to speak right to you. Crack it open. There's things he wants to, that he wants you to hear and you've been longing to hear. And the catechism helps to beautifully lay out what the church actually teaches. And you put those two together in a certain sense, in a very real sense, there's your faith there. That's what we believe in many, many cases, right? Um, and so from this here, um, this these will be guiding lights because the problem is there's so much noise, especially on social media, so much the, the movies and television shows that are leading to confusion about what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? What are relationships supposed to be? What is marriage? All these things. And I say, maybe even for a month, turn it off. Go into quiet. Enter into maybe a little bit of studying here. And especially as Jesus says in scripture, right? Go into your room, close the door, and just speak honestly your heavenly father who's waiting to hear from you. And I promise you, you give him a crack. Give God a crack here. Test me on this. Test him on this. Give him a crack of your heart saying, I'm a mess. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. But Jesus, I want to believe. Show me. Show me your love. I promise you, give him that crack. And over time, He's going to show up here. Now, now remember, this is not instantaneous. This is not like instant, I go, I, I Google this thing and I find the answer. No, sometimes there's a wrestling here. Sometimes, especially these wounds go here, especially in my world, right? The issue of pornography is a big, big deal. Okay? I know a lot of young people, it's 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 infiltrated, right? It's, it's messed up our way in which we're seeing humanity, we're seeing relationships, we're seeing love. So if this is anywhere in here, this stuff's got to be deal, dealt with, right? And it's, it especially affects dating relationships, right? So I work for an organization, I'm the founder called Freedom Coaching. Maybe we can be of help, maybe someone else here. But this is also a call. I would say the third most important thing is let other people into your world, especially your parents, right? Because there's a fear that if I let people in, they're going to reject me. They wouldn't love me. And here's the deal. The people who truly are striving to know you, and maybe it's been a long time since you've had a genuine, real conversation with your father or mother or both. Well, today is day zero. Today is a good day to start going to them to let them into your world and say, I've got these big problems. I don't know what to do. Would you walk with me on this? And guess what? I think you're going to find some people who are willing to do this, that, because you're, you are lovable. You are worthy of their time.
Amen. So to to all of the listeners, um, just to in case it's not clear enough, if you have not always lived up to God's call for relationships, and in some way, you know, we all fall short. In some way, we all have stumbled. And so whatever it is, whatever that brokenness is, give it to the Lord. Know that he is the God of the helpless. He is the God of of healing. He is the God who wants you, right? With all of your, all of the good, all of the bad. And his love is there. His healing is there for you. And so in a very real way, there may be brokenness there because of our culture, because of the brokenness we experience in our families, our friendships, our relationships. We may find that we have tendencies uh, that we have to overcome. We may find that some of those essential skills will have to be developed. And I think we need to be honest about that, right? Mm. We can't, um, like you said, it's not instantaneous. We might be forgiven by God in that moment of absolution, but the effect, that temporal effect is there, right? And so mm. there, there's going to be a process, perhaps now more than any point in history, where entering into these relationships, there are going to be many obstacles to overcome. But we can take comfort in knowing that our God is a God who overcomes obstacles, and he is bigger than whatever challenges are in the way. And so all of the things we've been saying today about what God wants out of a relationship and and this idea of a self-gift, free, total, faithful, fruitful, it may sound difficult because it is, but it's possible, right? For God, all things are possible. And so... With that Holy Spirit, we can we can have this, right? This isn't just a, a dream in the clouds. This can be your life. This can be your relationship. So I know we're running short on time here. So Steve, thank you again. I want to give you a chance. Is there if if um our listeners want to know more about you? I know you mentioned freedom coaching. Where can we learn more about you, your work, your ministry? Great, great question, and, and thank you uh, for the for the opportunity to be here, uh, Mr. Astle. Um, so uh, the website is freedom-coaching.net. Um, if I, I mentioned this, the work we do, we work one to one with those who are involved with pornography, attraction, and compulsion to break them of that. Um, if this might be an issue, you know, somebody might be dealing with this. Um, we're, we're willing to give the first meeting free. Just put in the the application, uh, the uh, the code uh, bonus freedom. For, for this podcast and that all I get to the first one free um, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I know nobody here is on Facebook, or whatever um, is a redeemed vision is our handle. And if you like a little bit of what you're hearing here, uh, we also have a podcast called the redeemed vision podcast. We're slowly, but surely laying, uh, laying that out. And it would be an honor uh, to get to, have you received this? And if you just got a message, if you got a question, you want to follow up with this, you can go to the go to our website again, freedom-coaching.net. Shoot me a message. I will get it, and I'll be happy to get back to you. So you said that code again, for those who missed it, is bonus... Bo- bonus freedom. Bonus freedom. All, all one word? Does it matter if it's... All, all one word, two words, either, either way. And we'll have links to all of these in the show notes. Uh, we'll have a link to Freedom Coaching... We'll have a link to the podcast, uh, some of the social media. So absolutely, make sure you check this out. You know, the statistics, uh, especially on pornography, are alarming, right? The the percentage of young people who are 
not only struggling with this, but finding themselves trapped. You know, it is designed to be addictive and that's, you know, it's objective, right? It's not just, well, you know, their opinion. No, the, the data backs this up, just how harmful and how addictive pornography can be. And so this is, you know, if you want to talk about one thing you can do to help your future marriage, your future vocation, whatever it is, that is one one vice you really need to break free from. Uh, so definitely check out those resources if you or somebody you know is struggling with this. So I I want to thank you again for being on the show. It's been great to have you. Um, make sure you check out all of those resources, Steve's book, his website, uh, Freedom Coaching. Until next time, thank you for joining us as we put out into the deep, exploring the world of theology and beyond. Steve, thanks for being on the show. No, no, what's it? Thank you.